the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. There's a lot of reasons. Number one, it's Friday, TGAIF. And most people have off on Monday to celebrate the life and accomplishments of Martin Luther King Jr., which become more and more significant, in my opinion, as time goes on. Um, The day started off great with uh, little Arthur, who did not have school today, barging into the bathroom while I was there in my uh, only thing that God gave me to wear, my skin. Uh, and we got to have a little bit of good time. And as I got dressed up, he said he wanted to pick my tie. So he did. I'm wearing a very light blue tie, which, which is more apropos for maybe May or June than January. But Hey, if it's good enough for Arthur the third, then it's good enough for me. Um, I had dinner with Luca last night, which was outrageously exceptional. Uh, but the real reason Amongst all these other reasons, and we're going to get into the real hard news of the day for a little while, and then we're going to have fun. It's Fun Fridays with uh, the Idala Power Hour. You get that, folks? Fun Fridays with the Idala Power Hour. Is I walk into the studio where obviously I've been here many times before uh, as a guest for Joe Piscopo's show over the last eight years, uh, as the fill-in host when he uh, is out working because he's very rarely on vacation. He's always working somewhere else. And I walk in, and lo and behold... Who is in the studio at 5 o'clock when I come here to prep? The one, the only, the man behind the man. The man who makes morning radio so great with Joe Piscopo in the morning. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Sibelia. <laughs> You're very kind. That's a lot of hype. That was a lot of hype. For those of you don't, who don't know, Joe Sibelia is 25, 26-year-old. I mean, gorgeously handsome young man. Oh, thank you. It's very with nice. uh, very, very uh, Conan O'Brien colored hair. He yeah. is 25 years old in the body of a 75, 85-year-old person. <laughs> uh, so, Joe, I just want to know, all kidding aside, yeah. tell us why you're here and w- what you're working. Because you're not here 
hanging out. I will say the studio is 83 degrees right now. Yes. I just looked. And Joseph Billy is wearing a sweater and a down jacket it's over It's a little it. brisk for me. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Sibelius. Well, I'm here, I'm here today because uh, I uh, have a special assignment. Uh, Joe Piscopo is going to be guest hosting for the one and only Sebastian Gorka next week, in addition to doing his own show. So I've been uh, working ahead of time, preparing for the show, and I happen to be sticking around. I was hoping to catch up my friend after he leaves the Met Disney exhibit, and I, I saw you here, so I said, stick around and uh, hang out a little but bit. I also saw you working diligent, and all kidding aside, so Joe's going to be on next, he's going to do his regular morning show. And yes, do on Monday and Wednesday next week, uh, 3 to 6, if you, uh, I think if you listen on the stream, because the time slot is different depending on where you are in the country. You know, so Billy, I hyped you up as being this set. genius, you don't <laughs> even know what time the show is on, it's a, you're embarrassing, I'm not a calendar. I'm you're, you're embarrassing me a little bit. <laughs> well, those of you who are listening here, uh, you should definitely be tuning into uh, Piscopo in the morning with the executive producer Joe Sibilia, who brings so much to the table, as long as out with Al Gatulo and Debbie Duhane. Um, and watch, listen to Joe filling in for Mr. Gorka this week. Thank you, Mr. Katsimatidis, for a great show leading uh, into our show. And happy Russian New Year, which is something I've personally never celebrated. But hey, you throw me a new holiday, I'm going to jump all over it. Um, another reason why uh, I'm very pleased today, and I'll use that word, uh, is has to do with that serious, serious case we've been covering all week. And there was an arrest in that case. Um, the young woman, Crystal Byron Nieves, 19 years old, who is no longer with us. Uh, she was the cashier at the Burger King. There was an arrest that was made. Uh, and there's there's so much to this story from a factual angle and then from a, a law enforcement angle and, and a, specifically the district attorney of New York County angle. Um, the NYPD, I mean, to throw all the bouquets you want at them, throw bottles of champagne at them. I mean, they did outstanding work. And again, I made clear from the beginning uh, this week what a proud native New Yorker I am and that, that, and that I'm proud of all of New York. But their work uh, apprehending this individual and how they apprehended the individual was just outstanding. And what did they do? I mean, they basically used modern technology uh, to the best way they possibly could. And, um, you know, when people have asked me in different forums about you know, why crime has fallen so steeply over the past 25 years, you know, you, you, as much as you want to give accolades to law enforcement, you cannot minimize technology. Uh, whether we like it or not, we are living in a world of big brother. They can figure out where you are at all times. I have a friend who works in federal law enforcement. I'm going to leave it at that. And not that long ago, I'm on the, the Verrazano Bridge, and he calls me, and he says, Hey, buddy, how's traffic on the Verrazano Bridge? I go, How do you know where I am? He goes, Come on, bro. I work for the feds. I know where you are all the time. Is it my easy pass Is that he just saw a click through the Verrazano Bridge? Is it my um, GPS on my phone that they're able to access? So that's kind of the negative part of technology, but the positive part of technology is what just happened here uh, and them being able to use all of the cameras before he entered the Burger King, immediately after he entered the Burger, left the Burger King, uh, what he was wearing uh, on other social media platforms matched what he's wearing the day of the, of the murder, uh, and they, they made it happen. Um, I am so happy that an arrest was made. But here, here, let me tie it into a story we did regarding new district attorney Alvin Bragg 
and what his new policies are. In that day one memo that he handed out, he said there will be no case in this county where we ask for more for a sentence more than 20 years to life. That's the maximum sentence we will ever ask for. So I'm going to try to break it down to you. This is a little bit of in the weeds inside baseball. But had he not said that, then the maximum sentence, he was, uh, let me withdraw that. He was already charged with murder in the first degree. So Alvin Bragg's office has charged him with the highest count they can. When you're committing a felony like robbery, and during the course of that felony robbery, you kill someone, that's felony murder, and that's murder in the first degree. So he is charged with the murder in the first degree. He's also charged with the lesser included count of robbery. But the murder in the first degree count, the maximum is life without parole. Alvin Bragg, in his first memo, the day one memo, says we will never ask for life without parole. So let me tell you the real effect that has. You're now the legal aid lawyer who gets assigned to this case. And you tell your client what this is what you're charged with. Even if uh, this client, the, the evidence is overwhelming against him. When you have a DA that says we're never going to ask for 20 to life and the minimum on murder one is 20 to life, then why wouldn't you go to trial? In other words, if you if you um, if you know that the worst case scenario is if you could take a okay, I'm not being articulate. (laughs) What happens is normally because I've handled cases like this as actually as a prosecutor. So when a defendant knows, hey, if I go to trial and I blow trial, I'm going to spend the rest of my life in prison. I now go as a defense attorney to the judge and say, judge, will you give me 20 to life or will you give me 25 to life? Well, why is a prosecutor, I'm sorry, a defense attorney going to go to a judge and say, Your Honor, could you please give me 25 to life? When the DA, according to their policy, is not going to ask more than 20 to life. So it takes that out of the toolbox of law enforcement, of, of forcing a plea of 20 to life or 25 to life with that threat of life without parole hanging over their head. That threat has now been eliminated. And this is a case, if the DA Alvin Bragg sticks to his policy of, I am not going to ask for any more than 20 to life, then he might as well go to trial. He might as well go to trial and, and, and roll the dice. So we'll see how this plays out. It's obviously a very, very early case. When we come back after the break, I am going to tell you a little bit about a case that I had which was similar in terms of the publicity that it had and similar to the technology that was associated with making an arrest and whether that arrest was correct or not. We'll talk about it after the break. But um, right now I want to take one moment to thank uh, my friends at Mitsubishi, Mitsubishi in Freehold, New Jersey. That's Mike Esposito and Angelo Manduca and the guys down there who do an excellent job. They'll be there all weekend. I believe they have to stay closed on Sunday because of the blue laws in New Jersey. But you could always email them. You could always leave a message for them at 732-863-2788. 732-863-2788. Their website is platinum-mitsubishi.com. The Mitsubishi lineup right now is fantastic. And if you don't want a new car, if you're looking for something used, if you're looking for a different kind of unique car, if you're looking for an exotic car, just call Angelo. He's the general manager. He's the sales manager. Tell him Arthur told you to come out. Tell him Arthur told you to tell him exactly what you want. 
And within 48 hours to 72 hours, it'll be delivered to your front door. Don't worry about your credit. They have these magical ways of helping you finance the vehicle of your choice. They're never going to be heavy-handed. And today's day and age, when all these car dealerships are gouging, gouging, well, the sticker price is $26,000. We'll take $32,000. That's not what they do. That is just not... The, the biggest problem I have with these guys is they're, they're way too honest. And I'm, I say that jokingly, but they are very, very honest folks. Platinum Mitsubishi, folks. Look them up. We'll be back in 30 seconds. 40 seconds. So in 40 seconds, maybe 60 seconds, let's talk about Connors and Sullivan. Are you charity-minded? Why not consider the charities and causes that you care about most and create a plan that fulfills your wishes after you are gone? This can be done in two ways. One is to establish your philanthropy, philanthropy plan so it serves your interests and protects your assets. The second is to think about how you can include your favorite organizations in your will and trust. Connors and Sullivan's lawyers can help you create a philanthropic plan, wills and trusts that specifically benefit your favorite charities and causes. I will tell you one of mine, because there's several, is located actually right by Connors and Sullivan in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, it's the Guild for Exceptional Children that have been there for I think more than 50 years now and takes care of people in need who can't take care of themselves. It's an unbelievable organization. Look, nobody likes to think about thinking about wills and trusts, right? We don't want to think about our mortality, but it's there. Everyone leaves us, and everyone should have a will and possibly a trust. It's important that you determine who gets what and where your money goes. So take some time now this weekend. Go on the website, connorsandsullivan.com, connorsandsullivan.com, and schedule a free in-person initial consultation with one of Connors and Sullivan's attorneys. Here at the Idala Power Hour at AM 970, The Answer. The end of our first full week here at the show. The end of the first full week, really, of 2022. And I am in love. Um, there's no secret. Um, there's a lot of things and people, most importantly people that I love, especially my wife, Marianne, who I've known for 23 years. Um, and the only reason why I'm able to do this show is because... She says it's okay that she'll take care of our two wonderful children who are very little and looking for daddy to be home. But we are live and local, and that is my commitment to you, to be live and local as you're heading home, as you're wrapping up the week. Uh, in our last segment, we're going to talk about the Friday test. You kind of got to give yourself the Friday test. Um, and I want to give a shout out because uh, this was a special week in my family for my nephew, Nicholas. Because he finally, after nudging, being nudged by his Uncle Arthur, uh, was filling out his college applications. And if he doesn't do it by another week, he's going to feel the wrath of Uncle Arthur's uh, belt on his behind. Not really, because you're not allowed to do that anymore. That's what my father would do to me. But um, going back to the Burger King case, uh, I just want to make sure everyone understands what I'm talking about. Uh, the fact that the district attorney is not going to ask for life without parole, according to his policy, 
in my opinion, uh, he is being derelict of his duties or at least 25 to life. At least 25 to life. That is so standard. That is so normal in all, in all of the five boroughs. Now, let me just tell you about the technology that was used here and just give you a little insight into my very first case as a defense attorney. So I was in the Brooklyn DA's office, and I really, I mean, those were the glory days of being a lawyer. It was a different time in the world, and um, it was a different time in my life. It was 30 years ago, uh, and I come out, and now I'm a defense attorney. I get a call about a very, very big case. I was a defense attorney maybe six months, nine months, and a eight people were shot basically in broad daylight in downtown Brooklyn. Eight. And thank God nobody died. But they were all seriously injured. I mean, they all got bullet wounds in them. I get a call from a young man's mother. His name was Ramon Cable. And I'm only saying his name because he turns out he didn't do anything wrong. And um, he was arrested. And I went into the precinct. And there he was. And when we were in the DA's office, we had a, a saying, only the guilty can sleep. And just process that for a second, folks. If you're charged with a horrendous crime and you're able to lie down and go to sleep about it, well, maybe you know that you know what you're being charged with is accurate. If you're charged with a horrendous crime and you know you didn't do it and you know you're being charged with shooting eight people in broad daylight, which is an absolute lie, you're not going to lay down and take a nap. And so when I walked into the precinct that day, there's my new client who I haven't met, and he is pacing around the, the, the jail cell that he's in. Literally, in the old days when they used to te- keep tigers and lions in a, in a cage, he's just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I said, can I talk to him? They said, sure, we'll, we'll put you in with him. Now, I'm a defense attorney for 15 minutes at the time. This guy allegedly killed eight people, and they're going to lock me in there with him. I'm like, okay. And he is pouring his, he turned out to be a a very sweet young man, pouring his heart out to me that he didn't do it. He's like, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I said, Ramon, I said, five people picked you out of a lineup. Five, five different people saw a lineup with six people in it. And they all pointed to you and said, yes, you're the guy who did the shooting in the Fulton Mall. All five of them were wrong. And he explained to me that earlier on the day of the shooting, which had been a couple of days before, he had a girlfriend. And he and his girlfriend went to Blockbuster Video. Everyone remembers what Blockbuster Video was? They rented a video. And I can remember the video. It was called Face Off. I think it was John Travolta and Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage, right? And he said, when we go in the elevator of my building, he lived in a housing project in Queens, You'll see me on the camera in the building. Now, we're talking about 25-year-old technology, not the technology that the NYPD used 24 hours ago. We're talking about 25 years ago. And uh, you'll see me, and my hair is kind of in an afro. We go upstairs, we watch the movie, and we come down after the movie is over, hours later, and my hair is in braids. It doesn't; Those braids don't happen very quickly. And we... Luckily, so luckily, we were able to get the video from the Blockbuster video store and from his whole, um, from his own apartment building. And I find out who the assigned prosecutor is in the Brooklyn District Attorney's Office. And it was one of the guy who I have the highest regard for to this day, Joe Alexis. So I called Joe, and I didn't play any games. I could have played games. I could have said, hey, let's go to trial, and at trial, I'm going to throw this video on. But I did. 
I went in. I said, Joe, I, I need to talk to you. Of course, the client is in jail. This is happening now over days, maybe over weeks. I said, I have a video that shows he's in Queens 20 minutes before uh, the, the shooting of eight people in broad daylight in, in the Fulton Mall. So I went in. I showed him the video. They took possession of the video. But I believe they immediately gave him bail. They, re- they released him because unless he had a helicopter... And I literally mean a helicopter. It's impossible to get from his section of Queens to the Fulton Mall in 20 minutes. And then I believe they verified that the videos, neither the blockbuster video or the video in his uh, apartment building, the public housing building, which actually the video is controlled by the city of New York, that nothing was tampered with. And when it was tampered, when we when they found that out, God bless the Brooklyn DA's office in uh, 1998, they dismissed the charges against him because technology then exonerated someone the way technology now found someone so sometimes folks the the system does work that that was an example of the system working and eventually they did find the person who shot the eight people in in the Fulton Mall and he was arrested and he did take some sort of a plea I believe they had to give him a lesser plea a much lesser plea because five other people had already said it was my guy who did it so that that doesn't make for the strongest case for a prosecutor. But think about it from a very personal point of view. That's my first big case as a criminal defense attorney. I must say, thank God, law enforcement usually gets it right. It's not often that five people pick someone out in the lineup and they're absolutely wrong. And, uh, you know, a client who's arrested and, and was facing decades and decades in prison winds up having his whole case dismissed. So uh, we do live in the modern era. And I was afraid when I watched the video of the shooting, I was thinking at the Burger King shooting, I was thinking, how are they going to find this guy? I mean, basically only things that you could see are, are the slits of his eyes. And yet they did it. They did it. And they deserve our accolades. Uh, and when you see a police officer today, tomorrow, this weekend, just say thank you. That's all. You don't have to get into any details. Just say thank you. Because that's a that's one of the reasons why I'm happy. John Katsimatidis, hats off to you for uh, the $10,000 reward. I don't think anyone's going to get it because I don't think the police are allowed to get a reward. But And for you chastising Burger King for not stepping up and, and paying for at least the young lady's funeral. I mean, that's preposterous. I believe after, after McDonald's, they're the second biggest... Um, earning corporate fast food uh, entity in the United States of America. So um, that's a good news story. I'm, I'm happy to report good news. Turning a bad story into something that hopefully will eliminate it from happening again regarding the Bronx fire, the um, local elected officials, I believe it was the congressman, uh, he's proposing les- legislation that all space heaters have an automatic shutoff so that if they tip or they fall, uh, there's, there has to be a mandatory automatic shutoff. I must admit, I thought that already existed. Um, I believe I have one of those space heaters, and I'm pretty sure if it tips over, it goes off by itself. But if it doesn't, if that's not legislation, if that's just the manufacturer doing the right thing, well, now the manufacturers have to do the right thing. They also propose legislation that every apartment building in the city of New York has to have these self-closing doors, these hallway doors, these uh, special doors that um, 
I guess they are they are connected to smoke detectors, and so when the and and magnets, so the doors are open. They're held by a magnet, and then when the the smoke detector goes off, it opens up the 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 magnets release the door, and the door closes. That was uh, Congressman Richie Torres from the Bronx who recommended that or is proposing that legislation, federal legislation, which is great because. You know, when when something horrible happens, you have to turn turn it into something good. In terms of little bit breaking news, um, Alec Baldwin just turned over his cell phone. That was um, that was a big deal because initially he was not going to turn over uh, his cell phone, but he has turned over his cell phone for investigation. And um, I don't know what they want to do with it. I don't know what they're going to find in his cell phone, but it has to do. It has to do with the, uh, uh, the obviously the poor death of that young lady who was nothing but you know a cinematographer and the gun was loaded when it shouldn't have been loaded. Another heartbreaking, heart wrenching story. These are all tragedies that we're talking about. Sadly, I'm trying to keep it fun. I'm trying to keep it upbeat. But you're talking about the Burger King young lady, which her name is Crystal Nieves, and we should never forget her name. And you're talking about the you know all those lives lost in the fire. And, you know, you're talking about the cinematographer. These are heart-wrenching cases. But, folks, let's do the best we can to make the best we can of these negative situations and make it into positive situations. Coming back after this short break, do not turn off the radio. I have the most special guest for me of the whole week uh, coming on to tell us all about the first full week of the Adams administration is the chief of staff of City Hall, Frank Carone, a dear friend, and he's going to tell us the accomplishments in week number one. I'm Lou Dobbs. Blaming Omicron, Walgreens and CVS will close some pharmacies on weekends. Expiration of child tax credits hitting budgets. Those stories next. You know, if you feel like you're stuck with a health care plan that isn't affordable or you simply don't like it, right now is a great time to switch to MediShare. The typical family saves $500 or more per month with MediShare, and what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate when compared to health insurance. Double. You get access to a massive network of providers and 24-7 telehealth. And MediShare is the most trusted name in healthcare sharing. It's been around for more than 25 years, and it's more than just affordable health care, too. You get to be part of a community of Christians who pray for each other and support each other. But here's why now is the time to make the switch. Join before January 15th, and they'll waive your new member fee. So you'll save another $170 right off the bat. Call now. You'll get a price within two minutes. And again, the deadline is January 15th, so you can save even more. Call 877-64-BIBLE. That's 877-64-BIBLE. 877-64-BIBLE. For the first time in a year and a half, many homes got no monthly child tax credit today as the giveaway by President Biden and Congress expired. Biden wanted to extend the free money for another full year, but he failed to win enough support. If you need a prescription from either Walgreens or CVS, better get there Monday through Friday. Both of the giant pharmacy chains announcing they plan to close some of their locations on weekends because the Omicron surge has exacerbated already severe staffing shortages. This comes as some supermarkets and retail stores are also trimming their hours as thongs of workers stay home with symptoms. Macy's, Walmart, and others say they have no choice but to cut back hours of operation until the situation improves. On Wall Street, stocks closed mixed today. The Dow Jones Industrial is down 201 points. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. News, opinion, passion. This is AM 970, The Answer. 
generally clear skies, few clouds up overhead, 34 degrees. What's going on? We have the answer. Well, a New York woman says she and her family were the target of a hate rant on an LIRR train. Lisa Edelkind was leaving Madison Square Garden recently, returning home to Long Island from a Knicks game when she made the mistake of asking two fellow train riders if they'd mind moving over so she could sit with her 10-year-old son, husband, and pastor. That unleashed a curse-filled tirade caught on cell phone video and posted to social media. Edelkind told NBC4 they called her an immigrant, accused her of not paying taxes, and said, quote, you don't belong in this country. She believes she was verbally assaulted because of her accent and skin color. The MTA is investigating, and so far no criminal charges have been filed. Mayor Eric Adams is expressing some optimism when it comes to the winter coronavirus surge. He says the hospitalization situation is stabilizing and it appears to be moving in the right direction. Adams is once again calling on companies to bring back office workers in a safe way to help small businesses that really need these workers. He says New York cannot be run remotely. And a 30-year-old man is being charged with the murder of a 19-year-old cashier at a Burger King in East Harlem. NYPD Chief of Department Kenneth Corey said Winston Glynn was charged with murder, robbery, criminal use of a firearm, and criminal possession of a weapon. Police say Glynn used to work at the same Burger King where he fatally shot Crystal Byron Neves for eight months back in 2020. Police also say they arrested him by using extensive video canvassing along with good old-fashioned police work. Taking a look at the traffic across the Hudson, 20 to 30 minutes outbound the Holland Tunnel, 10 to 15 inbound. Lincoln Tunnel 15 out, 5 in. George Washington Bridge inbound upper level, about a five-minute wait. Clear skies, very cold tonight. Overnight low drops to 14. Sunshine tomorrow, high only 23 if we're lucky. Filtered sunshine on Sunday, giving way to clouds in the afternoon, high 38. Snow to start on Sunday night, quickly changing to rain with steady temperatures in the upper 30s. And now you know what's going on. I am Mike Barker on AM 970, The Answer. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. All right, folks, wherever you are, turn your radio up. Just turn it up a little bit. I, I haven't asked you to do that yet, but this is something you're going to want to listen to because um, a friend of mine since I remember when I met him, I left the DA's office in 97. So it was either late 97 or early 98. I got a call from a lawyer who said, I have a case. There's two defendants. I have a conflict. I know you just left the DA's office. I could use a little help. Why don't you come on in? I went to an office on Court Street, and there was a young man who was also a young lawyer. I believe he was actually a little younger than me and a little uh, more young, uh, right out of law school, more or less. And his name was Frank Carone. So 98, I don't know, Frank, you could do the math, but we've been friends for a long, long time. We've been to Italy together. We've traveled around uh, the, the country together. And most importantly, on Christmas Eve, he comes over to my house and me, him and my dad uh, share a drink that we'll talk about next Friday on the Idala Power Hour called the Negroni. Ladies and gentlemen, his first interview as being named the chief of staff of City Hall to the Honorable Eric Adams, the Honorable Frank Carone. How are you, my friend? Arthur, how are you? And uh, it, yeah, it was. I think it was '97 when we met. Actually, we started working together, but it was a little early when we met. And it's hard to believe that I'm admitted now to practice law on um, 27, 28 years. But I want to congratulate you, really do, on your, on your show, and you much deserved. You've been on TV for a long time, and, and this is a great, uh, a great 
idea for the radio for the radio station for New Yorkers, and I'm happy to be here. Thank well, you. I, and listen, I appreciate it. I know your your schedule is touch and go. I've been giving you a hard time about coming on uh, since I knew that I was going to be doing this. Just because, Frank, honestly, uh, to be totally forthright, a lot of the radio these days is national, national, national. And my show, I really want to make local because that's what affects most of the people who are in their car now heading home, most of the people who are making dinner for their families and going into the weekend. They want to know what's going on here in New York City. And I think this is our first interview. Frank, you're in a a position that's so unique and so rare. You're the chief of staff for a brand new mayor in the greatest city of the world. Just take a couple of minutes and just walk us through what it was like at midnight when he got sworn in, when Mayor Adams got sworn in, and what the last 10 days have been like for you and the mayor and for Ingrid and the first deputy mayor, Grillo, et cetera, et cetera. It's your microphone. Take it away. Well, th- thank you, Arthur. And I, and I heard you say right before the break that you, you're trying to keep it upbeat, and you, and you were talking about, of course, the tragedy in the Bronx and the tragedy in the Burger King. And... Um, Unfortunately, as much as you try to do that, these are things that happen, and, and, you know, during during our life and throughout the city of, of, of so many people. But we we've been dealing with, and, and the mayor has been dealing with issues, uh, it, it dealing with you know challenging everyday New Yorkers right from the get go. We we came in with an Omicron um, surge. Uh, a police officer was was unfortunately and tragically shot in his car. Uh, Saturday, January 1, and it's been ongoing and incoming ever since. But the reason I agreed to uh, take this position, um, which has been a great honor to do so for this particular mayor, is because of his his heart, his empathy, his humility, and, of course, more than anything, his absolute unbelievable work ethic. Well, tell me, like, what time? What time do you? What time do you guys get into City Hall? What time do you leave? What What's the day like for both of you? Because Frank, I I can vouch for your work ethic. I usually start texting you around six in the morning, and that's when I know I'm going to get an immediate response. So, walk us through a little bit about a day in the life of the chief of staff and a day in the life, obviously, of the mayor. Uh, I apologize if I'm a little slow now, but as you know, I start early and I start slowly deteriorating throughout the day. But the mayor is, and it's no secret that he enjoys, um, you know catching up and, and, and having dinner late. But just as you you can reach me at 6 in the morning, I can reach him. He is, I don't know when he sleeps, quite frankly. He's got an amazing work ethic, always energized. And, and, and it, I'm sure it has to do with his, you know, some innate, you know, drive, but also his, 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 his diet, the way he takes care of himself, and his just, you know, incredible motivation to fulfill the mission that he believes he's on. So he starts the same time. If not earlier, we have routine calls um, with the leadership. Um, usually we've been doing those through transition and now since he's been mayor um, throughout at 8 a.m. And we talk about issues that's surrounding and facing us through the day. And that happened right on January 1, Saturday morning, <clears throat> 8 a.m. We filled a full cabinet meeting and we were all there, dressed, ready to go, with for work sitting around a table and he, he laid out his mission. He laid out the culture that he wanted, which is a culture of trust, the culture of safety, where we could all speak and we could be, have a share camaraderie and um, uh, work as one team to fulfill the mission that he promised every day in New Yorkers. And he is just an incredibly hardworking human being. City is well served having someone with such a dedication. Um, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Right through Friday night, and we're, we're, we'll be right on the phone again tomorrow morning, 
Um, we'll be on the phone again tonight, and it's he, he's the leader, and he, he sets the tone. And so it's been it's been quite so amazing. Frank and and as in any administration, you know, there's been a couple of hiccups here and there. Uh, it's it's not about you know my grandfather the boxer. He says it wasn't getting about getting knocked down. It was about getting back up. When when you know Mayor Adams has had things not go his way or deal with the adversity of the fire or the snowstorm. Not that I'm putting those in the same league, but you know, a couple of days after you become mayor, you got to deal with the snowstorm. It's not exactly the blueprint for a, a smooth beginning. How does he handle the adversity? How does he handle the letdowns of of life and of the administration? Well, the, the mayor has said throughout the beyond, before the campaign trail, but certainly during the campaign trail and and since he's been mayor, he likes to say he's perfectly imperfect. And, and and there's a lot of truism to that. We're all human beings, and we're all we're, we're, none of us are perfect, and we we're infall- we, we we make mistakes. We're not infallible, and he we set the tone and expectation of our team that we are human beings. Let's just take a deep breath, and you know, be calm and remember that. Um, and that's really the, that what he's been you know leading with, and, and so we understand that. So yes, it's been it has been some tragedies, and that is to be expected. And he, he feels more pain for those affected than how it impacts him as a mayor. And, and that has been infectious and, and, and really um, uh, something that is, uh, you know, all the members of the staff have felt. And it's, it's really been something to see. And listen, it's a learning curve. We're only here. This is our second, not yet, I guess by midnight, it'll be our second full week. And uh, it feels like a longer time than that. I was actually going to ask you, Frank, on a much a little more personal note for you, what, what's this, if there is a skill set difference, I mean, you just left running a very large law firm that you built up from, you know, the Brooklyn piece of it, you built up basically from scratch, and you built it into an empire, a well-oiled machine, and now to some degree you're doing the same thing. Is it the same skill set? Are you, are you being challenged more or less? Are you... Talk to us a little bit what it's well, like for the chief of staff for the mayor of the city of New York. Sometimes I have to remind myself of that because, you know, as, a, as, any, as any individual in a leadership role, you have to set an example. And in the main call, we used to say, you know, lead from the front. And so, it's, listen, it's, it's what's different? You know this as a criminal defense lawyer, Arthur, you've been doing a long time. Your, your time is not your own. There may be someone who needs you at weird times, strange hours, when you may be thought you're off, you're about to uh, spend some time with your family, and, and lo and behold, something happens and you have to drop what you're doing. So picture that times a thousand. There's the entire city, the police department, the fire department, the teachers, the students, the sanitation, restaurant owners, business owners. There's always something that's happening. So there's really you know, no way to really plan your day or night. You just have to be prepared. And, and that's really, if I had to sum it up, preparation. Yes, we dealt with a snowstorm, but we, we were prepared for it. We thought about it for a month in advance, and, and the mayor you know, made sure that <laughs> excuse me, we were ready for that and, and ready for other you know, moments of adversity and putting an infrastructure in place that we are ready for those things. That, and no one could ever be totally ready, but all you could do is prepare for it and drill and drill and drill. Spoken, and, and spoken like a Marine. Spoken like the Marine that Frank Corona is. Frank, in one of the articles that came about, uh, that, that came out when announcing uh, your new position, which, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie to I'm so proud, like over my mind, proud of what you've accomplished. The, you and the mayor, I believe, asked everyone on the, the team to read two books, correct? Well, yeah, the answer is yes. We did ask, we, we did recommend. Well, okay. And what, 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 for, well, the big question is what are those two books? 
so, so one is called The Gatekeepers, and it has a, it's, a, it's a book that deals with uh, different administrations. And, and, why, and, and in particular, this book talks about White House administrations and mistakes that were made and how the mayor likes to say teams uh, don't explode, they implode. And we're not having an appropriate culture, an appropriate message and infrastructure, and you know, not having proper leadership. Teams can implode. So we, the, the book Gatekeepers talks about experiences in the White House. And the second one is called The Culture Code. Culture Code talks about creating a culture in an organization to succeed. And, and what are the lessons there? Creating a space where people can feel comfortable being themselves, where it's a close-knit group, where ideas are readily exchanged, not based on ego or showmanship, but on real humility and and we've recommended many more. I was about to say that you know we we believe in reading and learning. Really, it's not so, so much reading as it is, of course, in books, but learning, asking questions, and you have to have a sense of humility to learn. And you know, we we, we try to instill that. So, Frank, I, I got one minute to go, and I'm you know because this is our first, hopefully, of a regular recurring conversation. I'm not going to ask you any real hard questions, but the two of us were friendly with Mayor De Blasio, and one of the uh, uh, one of the things the, the real kicks on him was that his work ethic was a little lacking. Is it fair to say that Mayor uh, no one is going to accuse uh, Eric Adams of having a uh, slow down work ethic? It's it's I I cannot comment. I mean, De Blasio because you know I you know I didn't work there at the time. I, I know him to be a hardworking individual who accomplished so many great things, but nobody that I've ever came across is going to outwork Mayor Eric, Eric Adams. It's just not going to happen. He's going to start at 6, he's going to end at 1 in the morning, and he's going to be refreshed, and he's not going to complain, and he's going to just Three, two, one. It. I love you, brother. Have a great dinner, and we look forward to hearing to you soon. Thank you so much for coming on. Frank Caron, Chief of State. I'm Liz Clayman, and this is the Fox Business Report. Stocks end the week mixed on Wall Street, with the Dow down more than half a percent, or about 202 points, while the Nasdaq is up for the week, adding 87 points. The S&P 500 is up four. Some bank stocks were the biggest drag on the market. For instance, J.P. Morgan Chase slumping 6% after reporting profits, which fell 14% in the latest quarter from a year ago. Some companies, which count on direct consumer spending, also fell after a weak December retail sales report. The first NFT, or non-fungible token restaurant, set to open in New York City next year, will let customers buy a membership if they have cryptocurrency. So far, the membership for Flying Fish Club starts at around two and a half Ethereum. That's your Fox Business Report. I'm Lillian Wu, invested in you. Biden's massive spending has expanded America's money supply and taken money out of your pocket. But you can fight back against runaway inflation by moving your IRA or 401k to gold with Birch Gold Group. Birch Gold Group will send you a free info kit on protecting your retirement with gold in a tax-sheltered account when you text the word SHELTER to 989898. Text SHELTER to 989898. There's nothing to buy and no obligation at all, so do it now. It's said that if you don't like the weather, just wait a few minutes and it'll change. Well, the weather isn't the only thing changing. Local business owners are saying it's getting harder to sustain their business than it was a few months ago. Let Salem Surround help you today. Our team of local in-market experts will utilize the latest research and marketing technology to deliver media plans that will exceed your expectations. Salem Surround. 
Surround is here to help you achieve success. Learn more at surroundnewyork.com. Surroundnewyork.com. Connecting you with new customers. Six forty-seven Friday night. Here's the uh, the Friday night test and the Sunday test. And the Sunday night test, although because it's a holiday, maybe a Friday night test and a Monday night test. Uh, yes. On Friday, you're heading home. It's the end of the week. Uh, the most important test is this one. Are you happy and you are you content and satisfied um, or, like me, elated about what you have coming up in the next 72 hours? On a regular weekend, it's 48 hours. On a long weekend, it's 72 hours, meaning coming home to your family and the life you have outside of work. And then there's the usually Sunday night test. This week, it may be the Monday night test. Are you happy and excited about this week to come? Um, I'm lucky because I get at this point in my life, I get to pass both of those those tests. That was not always the case, but it is now. And I have no problem in telling you that last interview totally, totally made my week. Uh, Frank was so busy uh, all week. That although he spoke about coming on the show, although when we he insisted on coming to my house Christmas Eve, even though I had COVID, I said, Frank, I am positive. He said, I don't care. This is our tradition. I'll wear a mask. You wear a mask. And I'm going to be with your father. And we're going to have our Christmas Eve drink with his daughter. Uh, and, you know, we hung out for a little while. And then I said to him, I want to do Fridays with Frank. So I don't know if we'll be able to do every Friday. But he did kind of commit to being a regular guest. Um, they are, you know, overwhelmed in the best sense of the word with what's going on. That was his first interview. Bang! Newsflash! Breaking news! Arthur Idala's Power Hour gets the first interview with the chief of staff of City Hall uh, in its first full week. I'm not going to lie. I'm really proud of that. For a guy who doesn't know what he's doing on the radio and figuring it out as he goes along, that's a pretty cool get. I even got a, a text from a very prestigious, one of the greatest uh, uh, talk radio hosts basically in the country at this point, congratulating me on getting uh, Frank Corona on. So that was a, a great interview for me. I, you know, I went easy on him, folks. I'm, you know, I'm not going to cross-examine the guy the first time he agrees to come on. There was plenty of questions I wanted to ask him. Don't think I didn't do that. But, you know, there's something called a little bit of respect. Um, and, I, you know, I, when we establish a little bit more of a rapport on the radio, then then I'll go after him with the tough questions. At least I should go buy him a Negroni before I, uh, I start beating him up on the radio. Um, next week when we come back, I want to talk about gambling. And I want to see if we can get a handle on what kind of numbers came in. The one thing I could tell you is that the legalization of New York gambling is really going to hurt New Jersey uh, by, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. So we're going to see how that plays out. Um, I found out that the guy who got the pig heart transplanted, he's actually like a violent criminal who uh, stabbed some guy who still doesn't walk to this day. That would be an interesting conversation that we could have. Is he the one who uh, should have gotten this but uh, this heart, but it was kind of an experiment. So maybe that's the kind of person you do want to experiment. But look, he's doing well and good for him. Um, before I forget, because I'm supposed to do this a bunch of times, I want to thank John, uh, excuse me, Mike Esposito, John's his brother, and Angelo at Platinum Mitsubishi. 
Platinum-Mitsubishi.com. They're my buddies down in Freehold, New Jersey, who have made this show possible, who have made this week possible, who have sold me more cars than I can imagine. I, not that I can imagine. I can imagine them, but I can more than I can count between my sister and my friends and my family and myself. So thank you, Platinum-Mitsubishi.com. I really appreciate it. If anybody wants to know how 55, I'm 54, how 55 can look incredible, incredible, and I'm going to say better than anyone out there right now, take a look at today's New York Post online or the, or the print edition. I'm looking at the print edition where uh, it's, I think it's page seven. It says, Cindy never gets old. And I know my mom's not going to be happy that I'm saying this, but I only have a recollection of ever having one. It was either Playboy or Penthouse magazine. Only one, ever. So that's pretty good. This is before the internet, and you could get anything you want, anytime you want. And it was the one with Cindy Crawford in it. And about 10 years ago, I was getting an award alongside my friend Tiki Barber of the New York Giants and Cindy Crawford and her husband. And maybe been more than 10 years. From United Cerebral Palsy, because I had done a lot of volunteer work for them. And there's Cindy Crawford, and they're going to take a picture with us. And Cindy Crawford is wearing a backless dress. So we're side by side, and we're going to put our arms, you know, like around each other. And my heart is pounding, pounding through my chest. And I asked, I said, Cindy, because I'd been chit-chatting with her, and of course she's as nice and sweet and dreamlike and as pleasant as anyone could imagine. She fulfills every visual fantasy you could ever have. And I said, um, can I just touch your back? Because I'm putting my arm around her. And, you know, under any circumstances, I'm a gentleman and I wasn't going to do that without asking permission. But I did. And I got to touch her back with her husband, like <laughs> right next to her. But Cindy Crawford at 55 looks amazing. And I know her daughter is a model as well. But uh, and and also looking amazing is Jennifer Aniston. And um, she's in the post. Also, a picture of her with no makeup. Her hair is undone. And I tell my wife, Marianne, that's when I love the way she looks the most is when she comes out of the shower and she doesn't have any makeup on and her hair is all frizzy and whatever, because that's what you call natural beauty. And that's what warms my heart. Um, I want to throw a quick thank you. I already thanked Marianne for making this week possible. I always thank Jerry Crowley, who he and his team gave me today and arrived in my office, a beautiful framed photograph of me behind the microphone. Here's to the first of many, they said. We'll see what happens. Um, I want to thank my law firm. Today we had a Friday pizza party welcoming a new attorney, Lino DeMassi, and a new um, administrative assistant, uh, Alexa Giacomaza, whose mother has worked with me for 22 or 23 years. She's going to yell at me um, for not knowing that. But um, it's amazing because Alexa is just two years younger than her mother was when she started working for me. And the resemblance between the two of them makes my head spin sometimes. It cracks me up. Uh, so I want to thank my law firm because, folks, I take this very seriously and I prepare for it hours ahead of time. And at least right now, it's taken a little chunk out of um, the time I'm spending on the law. That I don't think as I learn this this new profession it will be as cumbersome. But, you know, the two judges I have working for me, with me, Judge Leventhal and Judge Kamins and the rest of my team um, have really picked up the slack this, these, this last week. So I want to thank them. But most of all, I want to thank you 
because when I walked in here, um, Matt Sambolino said, uh, he goes, have you seen your numbers? I'm like, I don't even know what the numbers are. He's <laughs> like, bro, he goes, I've been here a long time. He goes, I've never seen a show that's been on one week, and you have as many listeners as you do, and all the tweets and the emails and the Facebook and all that stuff. So, uh, listen, I'm flattered. Um, don't get mad at me for quoting this person, but it does take a village. I, 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 on this radio station, you get shot for quoting Hillary Clinton. But it's, <laughs> I just, it just came to mind, folks. Don't get mad at me. But it is. It's, it's Matt Sambolino, and it's Joyce who's been here, and Nick. And of, from my team is Joan Pelzer, who's doing all this video stuff for us. Uh, and, of course, Jerry Crowley, who's the architect of it all, and Phil Boyce. I want to thank all my guests from this week. is Joe Piscopo and Dr. Chrissy Haynes and Alan Dershowitz. And, boy, talk about putting a cherry on top of the week. Sambolino, you understand what we did, bro? You understand? That, that was great to get that exclusive. I mean, and, and I hopefully he is going to be part of the show I, weekly. I, I think so. That's why I had to take it easy. I, you, you know I wanted to ask him about Alvin uh, Bragg. You know I wanted to ask him about the arrest. Because Frank was a criminal defense attorney back in the day. That's how we met each other. So he could talk the talk. But, you know, I figured on day one, it's like a first date. You know, you just, just like, walk him into the water first yeah, before uh, yeah. we throw him I'm, in. I'm sure some people are going to be a little critical. Oh, yo, he didn't ask him any tough questions. Well, you know what? It wasn't time today for tough questions. They're, God knows how exhausted they have to be. Um, I'm not usually, you know, jealous. Uh, and I'm not going to say I'm jealous. But I would like to be in Frank's position. I, I think... Um, I would be able to handle, you know, I mean, I, I, my head would be spinning off my shoulders. I'm not saying it would be easy, but I think I could help the mayor run the city. Um, it's about identifying the problems, issue spotting, and then figuring out how to solve them. I'm not saying it's easy at all, but, you know, some of us have the passion to help others. And that's really the greatest ram- uh, gratification I get out of being a lawyer. I could talk about that case I spoke about earlier, Ramon Cable. You know what it's like, Matt, to have a guy charged with shooting eight people who's swearing to you, I didn't do it. It wasn't me. But five people picked you out. How could you say it wasn't me? And to have the relationships in the DA's office for them to listen to you and find that tape and get someone released, you know, that's the system working. And that's that's a gratification that's it's it, it's unmatched in all honesty. The um, the thrill of public service that Frank Corona is going through now, and of course the mayor and everyone around him, Ingrid Martin and First Deputy Mayor Grillo and my friend Jimmy Otto, who's the chief of staff of the Deputy Mayor of Operations. You know they're helping people, and you know that's what we're here for, folks. It's Friday. It's six fifty-seven. We're doing the Friday test. We're going into the weekend. Um, and we should think about how we could help people. A friend of mine who helps people every night at seven o'clock. If those of you watch TV, CNBC, Shepard Smith, happy birthday, Shep. Uh, you're a good man. You're, you're like a brother to me, a big brother to me. You're the one who really got me into this whole media situation. So thank you. You have an outstanding program. If you want to hear just the news without any opinion involved, happy birthday again, pal. And to those of you who are celebrating uh, the the accomplishments of Martin Luther King, he deserves every accolade thrown at him. Uh, he was a great leader in a very tumultuous time. And as I said, as time goes on, I think we appreciate his accomplishments and the class and dignity t- with which he achieved those accomplishments. I hope you all have a great weekend. There's supposed to be some storms. There's supposed to be some weather. But if you listen to Piscopo, you guys on Monday morning? 
Monday morning, like clockwork. If you listen to Piscopo Monday morning, they will get you through the day. Debbie Duhane will get you through the traffic. Enjoy your family. Enjoy yourself. Watch the movie Sing 2. Marion said it was great with the kids. It's a lot of fun. Or go to the movies and go see West Side Story. Have fun. Look at the glass half full. No matter what's going on, look at it half full. And if those lemons are a little bitter, go find a little sugar and add some lemonade and enjoy your tasty beverage. Have a great weekend, everyone. We will be here Monday morning. Me and Sam Bellino. Have a great one. The preceding program sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.